Adyak. You're listening to Adyak. Adyak is the official podcast of the AAF Greater Lehigh Valley Ad Club. Our mission is to inspire creativity and enhance the professional development of the advertising and marketing communities where we live and work. I'm your host, Bill Childs, and I'll talk with artists, designers, writers, directors, photographers, along with those who work in a creative capacity. Our aim here is to serve as a creative resource to help you stay informed, entertained, and above all, inspired. But first, I want to thank ASR Media. We appreciate your support and collaboration. Today on the podcast, I talk with Catherine Barnstone, whose father had a tremendous impact on me during the time I studied with him at his art school in Copley, PA. I'm referring to Mr. Myron Barnstone, a master painter before becoming an internationally respected fine arts teacher. Myron sadly passed away in 2016 at the age of 83. Since then, his daughter Kat has been working diligently with a team of art professionals and curators to help ensure Myron's classical approach to drawing and design will live on through his former students and the instructional material produced before his passing. After Myron put down his brushes and started teaching full-time, Kat was omnipresent and had a front-row seat to Myron's teachings and lectures. It wasn't until his passing that Kat took possession of all of her father's art that until then was crated and packed away for over 50 years. Kat tackled the challenge of bringing Myron's incredible work out of the warehouse and into a newly renovated gallery space that will have its grand opening in April of 2024 in Thurmond, Maryland. I met Kat for the first time at Myron's 80th birthday celebration. What struck me immediately about Kat was her warm, friendly demeanor and sense of humor. But what's really impressed me about her is her tenacity and dedication to keeping her father's legacy alive. I was fortunate to study with Myron. His wisdom has stayed with me and continues to inspire me today. Kat and I talk about her early days helping Myron get his art classes up and running, and the real reason why all of Myron's art was packed away, with strict instructions to not open them. We also talked in depth about the impact that Myron had on his thousands of students, and how many went on to careers in major motion pictures, animation, architecture, interior design, photography, fine art painting, sculpting, and how she's finding new and creative ways to showcase her father's amazing artwork. Kat knows all too well the challenges she has to constantly face head on, but she also refuses to let anything stand in her way of guiding the next generation of artists to find their true path through her father's teachings. She knew it wouldn't be easy, but then again, Nothing worth doing ever is. Here is my Adyak with Catherine Barnstone. All right, here we are. Saturday morning. Good morning, Cat Barnstone. How are you? I'm well, Bill Childs. How are you? <laughs> I'm great, man. Thank you for doing this. Really appreciate it. You have a fascinating story, and I can't, we, we have so much to talk about. I just want to get right into it. So I met you through your dad, Myron Barnstone who um, was an art teacher for many years in Copley, right? And I studied with Myron, and we kind of intersected when I started working with Myron on putting the Drawing One lecture series onto DVD, okay? So my first question to you is, who was Myron Barnstone? who was Myron Barnstone. He was a very intense, very focused, very structured teacher. And he took what was considered a classical approach to art and having one master and working people through the classics so they can understand the design, so they can then understand how to carry it out into their work and their voice. Um, he facilitated that phenomenally. Um, before that, if you had asked me, I would have said Myron Barnstone was an artist because he spent okay. from 66 to 76 producing work. It was shown in Paris, it was done in Spain, it was done in Paris, it was shown in Paris. It was, it, we lived in the UK, he was producing work and life changed in 76. 
and he became a, a teacher at his own school. And so he's a multifaceted person. Um, doing his own work and his own study is what created the Barnstone Method. So that when he went into teaching, he wasn't just teaching classical art like everybody else. He was teaching it from a perspective how to take classical art and turn it into different voices. Right, right. Um, does yeah. that sound like a, a fair explanation? Sure does. Um, I can tell you uh, I met him when I was 17, and he intimidated the, the crap out of me to the point where I didn't go study with him just because I thought, my God, I never met anyone. This he he just scared me. I mean, I was a 17-year-old kid. I was I was at Lehigh County Votech. My teacher, Rhonda Botel, said, Meet me tonight, uh, down at Ethan Hamilton. I'm gonna introduce you to uh an a, an art teacher. And I for the life of me, I can't remember what <laughs> if she said you should study with this man. Like I don't remember that part. So I showed up and two other students with me. And we went up into this room and Myron had a little slideshow and he was he was showing some art. And then he showed, um, you know, a, a, a piece of art that was broken down on the grid. Right. Unbeknownst to me at the time, I didn't know that that was called the grid and the golden section and a whole, you know, uh, all kinds of uh, other underpinnings of art that that really count for, you know, great art being made. And it just intimidated me. I just I just thought there's no way I can. And, and and then I met him again, 17 years later, I was working in the field. I was working at Adams Outdoor and a good buddy of mine who was also working at uh, Adams Outdoor, who, you know, very well, Craig Stevens, um, was doing a little doodle of of the rectangle of the whirling square. And I was like, why do I know that, Craig? What is that? He's like, oh, that's a it's a barnstone thing. I'm like, barnstone. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden, like that 17 years that was like, you know, d deep in my brain came falling, flying forward. And I was like, wait a minute. I know that guy. Is he is he, he teaching? Yeah. And then Craig was like, he's got an open house coming up in the fall. We should go. And I went and that night I signed up for drawing one lecture series. And it was it was intense. It was hard. It was um everything I, I had hoped it would be. And it was, it was an amazing nine weeks of, of learning or as Myron calls it unlearning. Um, and it was just, it was, it was cool. I was, it, what made him kind of make that transition though, from working artist to teaching? Do you, do you know what was, what was the, the genesis of that? Life. Mm. Unfortunately, my parents' marriage came to an end. We were living in the UK, so my mother stayed in the UK, and my father and I moved to the States. And suddenly he had a 13, 14-year-old that he had to be the single dad to. And okay. he knew, because he was a wee bit obsessive, he knew he could not be an artist and raise a teenager because he would lock himself in the studio for hours okay, and then forget to come out. <laughs> and he knew he couldn't do that and raise a child. So he had worked for, he taught at the Bomb, which is an Allentown art school. Mm -hmm. He taught at Moravian College, and that's got an, a very good art department. And that was in the 60s. Okay. So he was already known in the community. So in the seven, 76, he started working at the Bomb again and at Moravian again. And after a couple of years, he said, I can't work for anybody I must be my own boss. Mm -hmm. I've got to have complete control. And he opened a studio and it was at 915 Hamilton. And it was a long, skinny couple of apartments that were connected that were generously rented to us by Bob Hertz for 1950s prices because mm -hmm. it was 70s. You know, mm -hmm. it's not mm -hmm. 1950s prices to now. Right. And it changed both of our lives. I had somewhere to go to school every day. After school, he taught me how to run an office. I got to learn how to deal with crazy artists. <laughs> I'm 14 years old and I'm running his business. It wow. was good stuff. So it worked out to be a very, very positive experience for both of us. And I got to be part of moving our lives forward and be of support to this amazing teacher. I couldn't, I knew at that age, 
that he was an unusual, amazing teacher. I have a funny story for you. Um, Myron would be lecturing. There was a, a little room. This is still at the 915 location because okay. that's what I was involved with the most. Um, so he's in the middle of a lecture and he is, you know, he gesticulates a little bit. Right. And I don't know. I got the urge to go over. I'm 14, maybe 15. I had the urge to go over and kiss him on his bald head in the middle of lecture. Oh, no. You can imagine how happy he was. Oh, boy. The first time was fine. We all got a laugh. Didn't do it again for a long time. Did it again. And he said, young lady, that is the last time I'll let you get away with that. <laughs> so there was a lot of play between us, you okay. know. It was very clear that he and I were a team doing this. So he went from Hamilton uh, on Hamilton Street in Allentown to Copley, which was the place where he stayed for the rest of yes. the time that he taught, right? Some close to 40 years. Yeah. So 40 years in this old, what was it, a cigar factory? Yeah, you it know? had been a cigar factory. Um, he needed the growth and he needed space so that students could have studios and he, hmm. he needed space where he could have more than 10 people in a lecture room so the top floor turned into private studios for students it was ten thousand square feet he was in heaven right right you know massive ceilings lots of light um so it he really did turn it into something absolutely beautiful for himself for all of us yeah, and I just <clears throat> what I remember about taking the classes was that you could have someone who was in the field twenty years, and you could have a student from Emmaus, you know, just starting out. And we were all in the class together. And you know, Myron, I think Myron liked that approach because he felt that you know there could be there could be kind of give and take between you know someone who was older versus someone who was younger. They could you could get get inspiration from each other as opposed to having everyone of the same age in the class, you know? And I just, I just remembered that the, the class itself was so much more than just learning about, um, you know, how to draw, you know, learning how to, the, the proper way to draw. There was art history mixed in there. Um, the way he broke down, you know, the, the art, you know, on his, his little contraption that he made where he could turn the, the, he, I think he did like a Kodak projector or a slide projector. And we could project the the image, and then he could draw on it, and then turn the projector off, so you could see the the underpinning uh, grid work, or the you know the, the golden section, or the or the rectangles, the root rectangles that were being used. Absolutely fascinating. I I I I couldn't love it anymore. Um, it was it was, and then I and then after I finished the nine weeks, I went back and I took it again, and then I thought, okay, it's going to be the same thing, but no, he changed it, he altered it, it the the projects were were different. They were the same, but they were more enhanced. They were they were a different level. And I I really I really like that. And then I and then I was lucky enough when I when I left Adams Outdoor, uh my coworkers uh bought me um a course of um figure drawing. Nice. So they paid I never for me knew to go that. Yeah. And I have this really lovely letter that Myron wrote to me. I still have it. It's it's really cool. Um where he was informing me that my my coworkers have purchased figure drawing. Now that's where it got, that's where I probably, it got a little intense for me because I remember drawing, <laughs> I was put between Roger Brinker and Anastasia. And that was kind of like, you know, imagine like you're a guitarist, you kind of got some chops, but now you're between like Jimmy Page and like Jimi Hendrix. That, that, that was intimidating. Um, of course, Myron, you know, he just, that he doesn't get wor worried about that because you're on your own journey. Don't worry about what's happening next to you just stay focused on yourself so the other thing cat is i as i went through the second time um myron and i kind of formed a little bit of a relationship because after class he would say hey do you want to go let's go grab a drink before we go home and you know i was 35 36 at the time uh you know i i would i loved it and those conversations were just you know so great and it just it was cool he was the closest thing i ever came to you know, what I would call meeting like a Renaissance man, you know, an old master, an old, you know, and we're going to get to this in a second. But the the crazy part for me was I had no idea how talented he was. 
I knew he was a great teacher and I knew he knew his stuff, but I had no clue. And it turns out no one else did either other than maybe you, because the stuff was created away for 30 years. Right. Let me interrupt you real fast, if I may. Go ahead. I got a call from a previous student just before we started doing this. Mm -hmm. And his comment was right along the lines of yours. I knew he was an amazing teacher. I knew I was getting stuff I wouldn't get elsewhere. Yep. I didn't realize it until I was in the field. And when I was in the field, I realized what a unique and strong teacher he was and what a difference it made to his work professionally. Mm -hmm. And to oh, hear 100%. that twice in one day mm -hmm. is pretty awesome. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, my the thing that I'm the most proud of with studying with Myron, and I know you know about this, is... I went to him one day because if you missed a class, he would he would send you up upstairs to watch the previous class that you missed on a VHS tape. Right. And I was working at an ad agent ad agency at the time. And this might have been like maybe 2007, 2008. I'm thinking I'm, I'm not even sure somewhere in there. Right. Don't quote me on that. And I was watching this VHS tape and I'm like, my God, like, is this all he has recorded for if someone has to watch this? So one night after class, I got up the courage. He was in his office. Uh, the class had ended. People were leaving, and he was doing doing some work. And I said, Myron, I said, can I talk to you a second? He's like, yes, yes. Uh, what 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 is uh, what do you need? And I said, um, we got to have been yes, young Bill. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and he went, yeah, and I, and I'm, even after I got to know him, I was still intimidated by him because he just had that. He was just a big presence. And I said. Myron, um, we need to talk about your legacy, right? And he's like, oh, okay. I said, we have got to put your lectures onto a, a, a material, a media that is more current and is going to last longer than those VHS tapes that you just had me watch upstairs. I shudder to think that this knowledge that you have and and all of everything that you've done would kind of go away with you. That that's not, I, I, I can't, I don't, I can't live with that. And I can do something about it, but I need your help. Obviously you need to. So that started the process of, he actually was, I think he understood. I think he knew he's like, yeah, you know what? I, I, I do. And he's like, well, what would that look like? And I said, well, we need to do two cameras. We need to film an entire drawing one lecture series and we need to have you you know miked with good audio good lighting and we started that process and i remember we got we were going to do it cat not being live we were going to we were going to do it where not live i shouldn't say i should say we were going to do it where he would bring an audience in of of students and then we would do like three or four of them in a row and we did that and we got through five of them and then he called me one day and he said we have to stop he said, it doesn't feel authentic. And I was like, oh my God, all that, all that, like five, five lectures that we did, you know, all that work was going to stop, but he was right. He was right. So he said, let's wait till the fall. You come into the class, the real class, and we film it like that. And that's what we did. And then we did nine of them. Um, and it was, uh, that, that's what, Near, near, I mean, I'm trying to think, you might know the dates better. Um, we filmed it, we got them done. They were DVDs, they were, you know, nine, all the, all the material and the packaging and everything that, that you worked on with and put it together and it came out beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And then yeah. I think Myron shortly after that, right, retired or was forced out he of his retired building. retired in 14. Okay. But I think that you did the videos earlier because if you didn't do them till 2008, mm -hmm. I didn't, we had more time. Um, yeah, I might be wrong I, on those I dates. I feel like we were doing it for almost 10 years before he retired. And that okay. would have been 06 if we'd done it for about 10 years because he died in 2016. Okay. Right. Does that sound? That starts to, yeah. 20, yeah. 2000. Yep. Mm -hmm. So it would have been a, probably 2014 that we did this. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah. No. And I was no, so proud of 14 is when, no. Oh yeah. 2014 is when he, he retired. Yeah. 
So and they were done the shortly before that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I know yep. it was a, it was a tremendous was amount of work. Tremendous amount of work <laughs> for you know people. I know John Garino was involved in that. John Mulder was involved in that. Andrea Garino, yeah. Lumen was involved in that. Um, a lot of a lot of people, and it was just it it would start and then stop, and then there was there was some legal issues that had to be worked out, and it was just it was yeah. But I I am so thankful and proud that I got to be a part of that, that I spearheaded that. Oh, there's your cat. This is <laughs> now I got two cats on the screen. Yes. Go on down, sweetheart. <laughs> two cats. Um, and then it was uh, shortly after that, I got to visit Myron down in Maryland where he retired. Yep. Um, I had judged an Addy Awards down there and I, I went and I, I, I brought him lunch after, after the, the ceremony or the judging was done on my way home. We had a lovely conversation. And then after he passed away was when I heard this story about the art that was crated up for 30 years that no one saw. And oh my longer. Longer. If I could paint like that, I, I I don't know how he did that. I don't know how he created it away put it away and never brought it out. I know why he did. He didn't want to influence his students to kind of say, you know, he wanted them to find their own voice, which is pretty amazing, right? I mean, I still think you could say, hey, look, here's some work I did, find your voice. But he he did not want that to, to, to happen, right? He didn't want to unduly influence the students that he was teaching to start maybe painting like like maybe like his, like his work but his work oh my god now you that's where you have to talk about like the when you started uncreating that stuff and looking at it and what was that like well i knew a lot of it because i'd grown up with it okay. and i watched him paint them mm. and i would sit in his studio for hours and I, I wasn't allowed to say a word, but I could okay. watch. And then at one point I'd bring him in a grilled cheese and some soup and he'd leave it to get cold because he was in the middle of it. So by the time I, and our houses and our, our homes were covered in his artwork. Wow. And his major focus were survivors of nuclear holocausts. So they were not your typical, it matches the sofa artwork. Mm -hmm. And I thought this is what everybody grew up with. Mm. Six foot tall, mangled, perfect um, anatomy, because he had taken anatomy on cadavers when he mm -hmm. was at art school in England. So amazing stuff. But as I pulled it out, I couldn't believe how much I'd never seen. I oh. couldn't get over. There was a crate that came up that had not been opened in since 60. Oh my God. That... No, I guess it would have been mid 70s. Okay. And I popped it open and maybe, no, I take it back. Well, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. um, it even has labels on it from when we moved um, from England to the u.s because it needed to be on a, a ship to come it was crazy right it was massive anyway, yeah it's massive crates so here i am now with a good 500 pieces um and they are the best of his because when we moved each country he burned anything he didn't think was up to par because it was homework so mm. you know you see this amazing painting well, you have no idea that while he painted it in London, he'd been working on something about that since Spain. And he had run through various versions that he didn't like and weren't worth showing. He, those are the kinds of things he destroyed. Mm. I've found some actual layouts of, you know, the preliminary work to some of the bigger pieces. Right. And that's exciting. But there isn't a lot. So... Before he passed, he smiled and he said, I wonder what people are going to think of my work. Really? It is not typical. And it's not. <laughs> well, it fits him. I mean, he was not typical. 
he was not ordinary. He was not, he was, he was, uh, boy, he was something unique and his work shows it. And I mean, I've seen the work and it's, uh, yeah, it's jaw dropping. It really is. And And so, so you're, you're now involved with helping preserve that amazing legacy. Talk to me a little bit about what you're doing with with the paintings, with the website, with the drawing one lecture series. I mean, you're you're it's so cool because there's the there's books now. They have the books, there's the DVDs. And what's cool is if you just even Google Golden Section, like in Google, Myron's clips come up. There's so many people watching them now all over the world. I know that there's people that you have that um are people that studied with Myron, Craig Stevens being one of them, that are, I, I forget what you call that. It's the master's class or something? Master guide. The master guides, where you can take Myron's courses and and get help. So you're not just like, you know, you're not languishing. They'll they'll critique it. They'll help you. They'll guide you. Um, talk to me a little bit about all that. I mean, I, that, I know that could be an entire one hour just of everything you got going on. So try to cliff note I'll try some of that. and do an elevator pitch. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so um, I took over as director of Barnstone Studios officially in 2016 after he passed. Um, while he was alive, a lot of the ideas I had didn't make sense mm-hmm. because he wasn't quite used to anything not brick and mortar. And that was fine. So I really didn't go out of my way to change anything until after he passed out of respect. Okay. You know, so once I took over, I, over time, because I, um, it didn't happen in the first week. um, We have grown into a full program. So if you wish to download one or all of the classes, you know, you have mm-hmm. a choice. You can do it one at a time. You can do them all at once. You can hire a master guide who was one of Myron's more successful clients or students mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and pay them, to, uh, pay them, and they will spend time with you going over your homework right. and giving you one-on-one feedback. We have a, pro- uh, a program where if you want and you're on Facebook and you've signed up for the, um, the courses and you've downloaded them and you're doing your homework, Go to our impaling wall, because that's what he'd call the homework wall. Put it up. Master guides come in and give feedback. They're not giving as much as they would on a one-on-one, but they're giving you, hey, this could be done a little differently. And Mm -hmm. I found that having that personal touch has made a massive difference. The other thing we've been doing is offering classes and lectures via Zoom, as well as in person. Uh, Roger Brinker, who studied with Myron for decades, has taken over as the teaching role. Mm-hmm. And he is teaching various workshops. He's teaching various lectures. And he's teaching what we call the summer intensive. Mm. The summer intensive is all 10, it's 10 weeks, all nine lectures of Myron's and master guides and weekly um, meetings with uh, weekly lectures with Roger. So you watch the video, you go and you do your homework and mm-hmm. you go to the lecture and Roger reviews it. Oh no. And then you guys will talk about it from a Roger perspective where he brings it more into the today's world. Yep. And then when you have the new set of homework, you've got built in time with your master guide. That's part of the cost. And you get, you know, a half hour a week if that's how much you want, you may only mm-hmm. want 15 minutes. It doesn't sure. matter. Sure. And then your homework is prepared for the following week. And it is as intensive as we can get on Zoom in a different learning time. People learn differently now. Right. Sure. So, sure. And we have a workbook that goes with it. And we have calipers that go with it. And mm-hmm. we have plaster Perrier bottles that go with it. And Perrier bottle, the vintage one, is what Myron uses to teach shapes and design. And it's one of the first lessons. So now we sell that. There's a lot of things that we've tried to bring in that would replicate the studio as much as possible. 
Right. The next book we, the next book that we are publishing is the uh, color theory book, Mm -hmm. and Bill did all of the uh, graphic design for that, and it is gorgeous. So now it's going through the last step, and it'll be published soon. Mm-hmm. We have workbooks, things that Myron know, never so cool. made. Yeah. What do you, you think know, he would think of all this? Sitting... What do you think he would think of all this? Have you thought about that? I think he would be of mixed mind. Okay. Because he never felt comfortable in anything else other than brick and mortar. So the the turning it on onto the web and turning mm-hmm. it into Zoom, that's the part he he wouldn't like, but wouldn't understand, but would enjoy knowing it was going well. Mixed okay. emotions. That's fair. That's fair. I, I think that's accurate. Knowing Myron. Yeah. 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 But it it really it the the you know, you take the class, right? And I remember taking the class and I, and you get the bottles, right? You have to well, you have to get an Amstel light bottle, it was a wine bottle and a Perrier bottle. And you'd be amazed, or I was amazed at least, how just by studying those three bottles, you you get everything. You can get architecture. You can get design. You get uh, it's brilliant. It's well, it's beyond brilliant. It's genius, which is what he was. You know how he you could you could look at those bottles and then he could he could get them to dance. He could show you how to make a move while they're just on the you know he could teach you and did teach you how to create form so that you could uh, look at them in a three-dimensional way. I mean, see, I'm a, I'm a big person. I'm, I'm, I love simplicity, right? It's always been a part of my work. And that's what I love about this is it's, it's yes, it's complicated, but it's simple. You can, it's a simple, with the three bottles, when I say simple, right? You can get your head around bottles. Understand that you're going to draw them numerous times, a bunch of times, um, and it, it all starts to click. And each lesson builds on the previous lesson. So it's really, right. It's it, he, he really thought a lot about um, the structure and knowing that the material was difficult and that he needed to kind of, um, you know, kind of take you along with it and, and build on it, not just like throw it all at you. And as long as you applied yourself and I have one of his favorites phrases, make an intelligent mess. I use it in my classroom today. And you can, what that means is, I can tell when someone is trying. I can tell when someone is making an effort, and he could too. And I remember the one time I put up the, uh, it was the sphere doing the uh, three-dimensional sphere, and I put it up on the wall, the impaling wall, as you call it, and he was sitting in his chair, and he looked over, and he was, and he said, ooh, that's nice. And I was just like, I could have floated out of the place that day. Or when I put up Letitia, which was the um, the plant drawing, that's what he would call the, the plant name, that she was called Letitia, he looked at it, and this, this blew my mind. He said, oh, you had fun with that. I was like, how did he know that? Was he watching me? Like, I did. I had, by that time, and I think it's maybe the eighth or ninth lecture, um, I had a blast because it was starting to click. You know, start, I started to feel a level of confidence, and I had fun doing that drawing. Sadly, I don't know where that drawing is anymore because I I really did have fun doing it. But he knew that. He knew that I had fun doing that. And I was like, man, this guy, is he like watching me? But yeah. So I just think with with everything that you've done with with taking his his le- has just been phenomenal. I think he would be blown away. I do. I think, yeah, the mixed emotions, but I think deep down, and maybe he wouldn't be willing to admit it, but he'd have to be like, oh, this is cool. This is really cool. Yeah. That's what I say. The thing that the thing that I have enjoyed more, even more than getting the lectures and everything out because mm-hmm. I know less about that than I do his art. Right. And so I purchased purchased. I rented a little place out in Thurmont, Maryland. It is three. It's an, an old factory building because, of <laughs> course, it is. Yep. High ceilings. It's all white. And it's being turned into an art gallery that is going to have an opening on April 27th. We're going to do an open house. Oh, interesting. And right now, we're building walls. Mm. Myron would build walls for the studio. Yeah. Well, we are also building walls because there isn't a lot of wall space in in this space. There's 
So we pre literally made a box and have seven sliding mm -hmm. walls. Okay. And we have front and back all covered with beautiful art. And then we're making another four walls for a different part of the studio and opening it up to the public. And again, the open house is April 27th and it will be from noon to six and it'll be in Thurmont, Maryland. Uh, look us up online and uh, give us a, a holler and we'll tell you all about it. There isn't official promotion yet, but it's coming. Oh, I have to be there. Um, I have to be at that. You do. Absolutely. I just have to be there. Um, I have to see that. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm telling people so early. Okay. Because I've learned if you tell people with less than a month, you don't get on calendars. And to me, this mm -hmm. is such an exciting event. Not only am I going to have his work, I will also have um, my work there in the front lobby. So okay. that's right. You did a lot of photography. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so also people, it... people can still even now if they're, you know, I'm going to show some of the work on here, obviously, but um, what's the website? What's the website where people Bar could go? Barnstonestudios.com. And I'll make an appointment with anybody for to visit the studio. So you don't have to wait till April 27th. Okay. But I don't want anybody driving to Thurmont and finding I'm not there that day. <laughs> so that's not fair. So make mm -hmm. an appointment with me. I will don't, you know, dedicate the day. You can take as long as you want. Find, you know, Myron, take you out for a bite of, a bite of lunch, the whole thing. Okay. So I will give you the best Myron experience I can. <laughs> um, but that is something I'm really, really proud of. And we're selling his work and we're selling prints. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to start selling fabric that is printed with Ooh. his colors and his some of his art and oh. silk. Yeah. Interesting. So oh, I, my God. I'm really looking forward to... That's a little sneak How peek. I did not know about that. Wow. Okay. A couple of sneak peeks are going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. The other sneak, the other sneak peek is we have, oh, and the the studio and all of its building is being made possible by a donation mm. from a past student, somebody who's worked with Myron for a long time, and very honestly, that's how we're getting through. We're not a 403 B or a whatever. We're mm -hmm. not nonprofit. Okay. It, we don't fit into that role, which is so disappointing. Mm -hmm. But to keep it at a quality level, we need to not be nonprofit. But I'll tell you, between Patreon and people making donations, it's made such a difference to our staying in business. We have somebody who is underwriting a book. Mm. And it's the... the um, essays that Myron once wrote. It is a whole section on how he created the Barnstone method based on his artwork. Okay. And it will be a section on uh, alumni work and how his um, method has affected an alumni's successful um, career. Okay. So, um, and I'm wanting to draw that into the gallery as well because I want to have the gallery open to um, very, you know, alumni. Let's mm -hmm. say you want to have a show. You give me a holler. I say, sure. Mm. I charge you almost nothing, just right. as acknowledgement. And then you put your money into the promotion. Got it. I Got can't it. afford to do your promotion. Right. because. But if you're really dedicated to the show, I'll tell you where to go with local stuff. If you're in Philly, we're only two and a half hours from Philly. Mm -hmm. If you're in Allentown, we're only an hour, two hours and 20 minutes. Yeah. All of this stuff is a real bonus and it's a beautiful area. So all of that is going to go into my promotion about this. Come spend a weekend, that kind of idea. Sure, sure. Um, but it's, it, and it, it is just something that has me so excited to be able to really open up the studio and ha and then I'm planning on having it open once a month and getting that into a continuous thing. Mm -hmm. We're going to start making posters of his work. We wish to have things that 
Our prints are gorgeous. They're not inexpensive. The originals are phenomenal. They're sure. not really inexpensive. They're not sell through. So we're trying, we're creating a line that people can afford to purchase and enjoy in their home because that's important. Right, 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 right. Okay. Well, I'll yeah. tell you, I want to tell you a story. Um, I remember uh, when I was uh, in high school, I was fascinated with the the sci-fi artist Frank Frazetta. Have you you know of his work? Okay. He was I from know his work and he taught Myron's son. Really? Yeah. Boris. Wow. Oh, Boris Vallejo. That's <laughs> right. He's from Allentown. Yeah. Yes. Well, here's what was weird, odd for me. I had two posters of Frank Frazetta's um work in my in my bedroom in in high school, right when I was growing up. Um there was just something about them that I could not put my finger on. I just knew there was, there was, I, I, again, I couldn't articulate it. Right. I just knew something's going on with these, with these pieces. There's, I can't, I didn't, I didn't, I just didn't have the knowledge. Well, I found out after studying with Myron that Rosetta, he knew the grid, he knew the section and he worked, he worked, those those uh those angles right in fact one of this one of his students myron students i think was a a, a guy named phil stein i think he he yes. took some tracings up to frank frazetta and and was trying to engage him in a conversation and frank would not take would not bite you know would not talk about the the underpinnings of his work but if you look and do some tracings, some overlay tracings, and you know what you're doing, and you look at the angles and the, the you know the, the the underpinnings of what Frank Frazetta was painting, he knew the grid, in and out, but he just didn't want to talk about it. And Myron would break down some of his work as well. So for me, when I look at those paintings now, every any one of them, because I know what I know and because I studied with Myron, I can see it. I can see. I could see it right away. To the average person. They might not see it. They might just be like, "Ooh, that's a cool painting," or "That looks interesting." But every one of Frazetta's paintings, he he was just he was a master. But he was using the grid. He was using that geometry. He was using that. What are they? The the, the painter's secret geometry. But he wouldn't talk about it. Where Myron was like, "No, I want to talk about it. I want to share this knowledge. I this is knowledge that I think he said when he was at Oxford, the only time a professor did any talk, it was a one hour talk, once a year." on the golden section. That was it. Don't ask me afterwards. That's it. And Myron, I think Myron, that really affected Myron in a way where it was like, wait a minute, we should be talking about this more. So I think when Myron had the chance to do his thing, he was like, oh no, I am going to give this, I'm going to share this knowledge. What a gift that was. What a gift for him to be able to do that. Instead of saying, oh, I get it. It's it's secret. Oh, it's only for the, you know, select few. I'll keep it. I'll keep it secret. No, he he opened it up to 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 everyone who would want to learn about it. And, you know, I remember Myron talking about too, about how anyone can learn to draw well. It takes about seven years. So you don't have to be, you know, people are always like, oh, I can't even draw a stick figure. Stop with that. You know, it's because you don't want to, you don't want to learn. If you really want to learn, you can learn this material. And it's, what's so cool is that even though Myron is gone, his legacy is stronger than ever. It really is. And and that's a testament to you, Kat. Because you know, I've enjoyed it. you know, as well as I do, if you weren't doing this at a quality level, he would haunt you. He would haunt you. <laughs> he's not sure what i think of putting his work on silk but guess what i think it's gonna have an audience oh yeah oh the colors <laughs> the colors that he works with yes. i mean again i going back to this this seeing those for the first time i i have to say i was a little angry i was a little angry at first i think i went through a grieving process because i thought my god i would have loved to have talked to him about these the, his work and he denied a lot of people that opportunity for, and he had his reasons. He denied me. Yeah, Bill, I mean, you he, got. He wouldn't talk to. He wouldn't talk to me about it when I would say, because I was trying to get information, so it made sense on the website and all that. Tell me what what was inspiring you. He said it was that day to work. What do you mean? What inspired? It was that you? day I to work. To, <laughs> it was my work day. That I didn't need inspiration. Wow. So he was. His stuff, he was very close to the chest. His uh, method, he was happy to share. 
Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. I want to go back to when you were talking about the grids and the golden section mm -hmm. and how it makes you see things properly. Yes. I had some, I heard somebody ask Myron, why does it matter that you use the golden section mm. or not? And his, his response was, it is the natural way for our eyes to see and be most comfortable. So if you look at the Parthenon, and you realize it's breathtaking. Yeah. And you realize, look at that design. And then you grid it. It's all on the golden section. Yep. It's all a variety of, you know, squares. And it's so if you were then looking maybe at a modern piece of townhouses that are lined up just as big as the Parthenon, you think they're going to look anywhere that nice? Mm -mm. No. Because builders don't care. They don't have architects. They have boxes. Yep. So he was also teaching architects how to put this into their design. And I watched people's architecture design change. People were designing cars. It was changing. Somebody was designing, are you ready? Seat belts for Volvos. Mm -hmm. And those were using the color theory and the design theory. Mm -hmm. it's, it's it was amazing. So if you're driven, it will get you to where you're driving to. I if like that. You want to sit in the back seat and go at neutral. That's your choice, but you're not going to get as much out of it. Bill also mentioned that he took the class more than once. Myron always promoted that, and I promote that. Take it three times, if you can, once you're learning the language. Yep. Remember the first time you took a French course and French one, you needed to learn the language? Well, drawing one, you need to learn the language. Drawing two becomes then tailored to you. And mm. you need to learn this, and you need to learn that that wasn't in drawing one. Drawing a third time is now your voice. You've gone through an artist matrix with, with Myron or Roger, and they help you see what your voice is. And we have that on a lecture, by the way. Uh, we have a Roger lecture of the artist matrix. And it is then you fly. Yeah. So suddenly you realize what you want to draw are race cars. Or what you want to do is large pieces that are life-changing for people. Doesn't matter. It all uses the same theories. So that's the excitement. It's really worth doing more than once. And with the way the program works now, it would be once through the intensive, you then know you are you own the, the uh, classes. You can rewatch them anytime you want. You could um, go. You go back to the. You can uh, the second, third time. You don't have to be in the intensive. You'll get more out of it. Mm -hmm. But work with the master guide. Rewatch what you own, and you will have done it three times. And that third time, you will have spent some time with Roger and the Matrix, and you will start knowing, I want to do, you know, I want to do landscapes, and I want to do them the very best I right, can. Right, right. Well, that's what I love about this is the fact that, you know, even though Myron, it started with Myron, and he developed it and perfected it and, and taught it for over 40 years or close to 40 years, um, it's living on. It's continuing. You found a way to to and be and I got to be honest, I, I think I'm a guy with a pretty good imagination. I, I didn't know how you were going to do it. I didn't know how this was going to work, but it's working. It you're doing it. You're you know the the people that 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 went through the program are more than happy to come back and share their knowledge and because they love Myron and they love what you're doing and it it's it's really cool, Cat. I really this this is continuing on. It's living. It's breathing. It's morphing. It's changing. It's growing. It's it's exciting. I think it's exciting. It so, exciting. Can I touch on one other thing? Sure. Do I have time? Yeah. All right. I talked about a book, this book that we are creating. Mm -hmm. And it's being self-published because it's unusual. So it is 
more cost effective for us to order 2,500 books than it is for us to order a smaller quantity. So the plan that is going in my head to really assure the legacy mm -hmm. is I will do a postcard campaign to art schools, art libraries, local libraries, major libraries all through the world. And okay. I will be offering them a copy free of charge to put into their library. Okay. And with it, I'll send them a DVD. And then I will feel that the legacy has been met. He will truly be all. We have students from all over the world. Right. You know, it's now the books can be all over the world. Well, that's and an interesting it, that's an interesting point. How, what has been the reaction to people in the art world? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know this world as well as you do. Maybe art critics or people, museum curators. Have you been reaching out to them? Have they seen the work? What what has been their response? Um, at the moment, that is on the, the well, for the classes, the response has been really positive with people right. that are new to it. Sure. who have just found it on the web, who's just found it um, word of mouth. The amount of emails I get that say, oh my God, I found this on YouTube. Mm -hmm. It's changed my life. Where is, <laughs> where's Myron been? Oh my God, I can take a class. Oh, by the way, mm -hmm. I'm in Kenya. Oh, by the way, I'm in Greece, Germany, Africa, um, England, Israel, um oh god wow. scotland ireland paris global um global <laughs> i mean I india did i yes mm -hmm. and these people participate in the online facebook group right. and we do scholarships one of the young guys that is um in the facebook group is is applying to become a master guide mm. and He's in he's in um Africa. He's in Ghana and he wants to bring it over there to wow. be able to teach it. And in the meantime, and he got referred to us by a New York photographer, Adam Morelli, that used to work with Myron. And would take, you know, take um he would hire him for um consultations. Sure. And so Turner was suggested to me, and I knew Turner didn't have 10 cents put together. We have something called the Gwendolyn Stein Scholarship Program, which is one of Myron's students. Um, it's a memorial to her. Right. She was so, I mean, anyway, that's a long story. So Turner has been working with us and taking the classes and doing the homework. And he's actually paying for his uh, master guide time out of pocket because that's putting some skin in the game. And he comes to our free Monday night dropping drawing class where it isn't um, it isn't um, charged for, it isn't mm -hmm. really lessons, but it's how to keep going oh, right, in a group. Right. Yeah, it's on Zoom. So you it's have an entire normal. ecosystem now for this. Yeah. You've got the whole, you got it all yeah. covered. Really, you do. That's the, that's the goal. You've done That's it. That's the goal. You've but done we it and you're do doing it, it without. I wouldn't be able to do it without the generosity of and the hard work of an amazing team of people. I don't know what I know so much that I don't know. <laughs> and so I have to have hired professionals who can do the things that we cook up and get them out there and make sure that this looks as clean and as professional as possible. I can talk about it till I'm purple and I love to, but I don't know how to do graphic design. I don't know how to teach a class. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know how to write about this. And that doesn't make me unqualified to do the event, to do the no. business. I know who to bring in. Right. And some, some people are able to help me and just donate time. I've had people donate money towards it. All of this, that's what makes it work. But sitting in a little studio by myself without this amazing support, I wouldn't have been able to do any of this. So thank you for your support.
Oh, because Byron you meant have so been, much to me. Yeah, yeah he meant a lot to me. Everyone that's helping, it made a difference. I remember so. doing a podcast. I was talking to Charles Stonewall, um, and I we were we were do, talking, and I said, "What's the best piece of advice you ever got?" That was one of my questions, and he started telling me. He said, "Oh, I." I was from a teacher and I didn't know where, obviously I didn't know where he was going to go with this. And he says, uh, it, I, I studied with a man named Myron Barnstone. And if, if you watch it on the video, I think my jaw dropped uh, off my face because I, I didn't know he studied with Myron and he, we got it, it. We got into a whole conversation and about that. And I think that that the point I'm trying to make is anyone that you meet that studied with Myron, you're in a special group. You're, you're, you, you know what I mean? You're, you, you, you understand you can, the language that you can speak to each other. It just, it, it's really cool. I am so happy and proud to be a part of that. I got to play a small part in helping him, um, you know, maintain that legacy, uh, doing some of the things that, that you asked me to do from a design standpoint. I love that because I know, you know, even though I met him late in life, he still changed my life. Like he, he enhanced my life in ways that, that, that I'm still feeling today in the, in how I bring his teachings into advertising design. Um, and I just, that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast because this is important stuff. This, this is, this is a real unique approach to design because it's, you know, it, it does blend and blend into so many other things. You touched on it, landscaping, graphic design, car design, um, you know, animation, movies, film, television, all of it, book design, everything. It, it's all there. And I, yeah. The list of students that have ended up in major corporations using the Barnstone method as their jumping point. Mm -hmm. And understand if somebody has been in the business now and they've taken the classes, they've been in the business for a number of years, they no longer put a grid on their work. No. <laughs> they no longer, okay, we go from this point. It is second nature and they don't think about it. And you look at the, the work and it all makes sense. We have people at Disney. We have people at Disney, Pixar. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the graduates, um, Frank Hanner, he did the hair for Brave. Yep. And he was the art director. Um, Alex Curtis, he has the Cars franchise. He's involved in Toy Story. He's involved he's involved in pieces I forget the name of. Mm -hmm. We have people that are Juliet Aristides was one of Myron's youngest students ever. She was in the adult class, right along with all the adults, and she kept up. And what is she doing now? She is running her own atelier. She is internationally famous. She has six books published, and she dedicates many things to Myron. Mm -hmm. And she has been in my back corner cheering me on and giving me ideas. So these are the things that are so amazing. Um, I was in New York a couple weeks ago with my publicist, Gina Watkins, and we started talking to some people at the coffee bar at the Strand Bookstore. And Gina can talk more than I can, and it's terrifying. But here we go, and she starts chatting to an elderly person. Her son comes up. He must be in his 60s. They start talking about art. His son and he have studied with Juliet Aristides. Oh, wow. Oh, did you know she studied with Myron Barnstone? We've heard that name. What a tiny little world. I know, I right? gave him a tap of my dot card, and hopefully <laughs> I'll hear from him soon. Their work is gorgeous. Their work could not be more beautiful, and it's because Juliet has incorporated Barnstone second nature into what she teaches. And it's not just that, don't get me wrong. You know, it's mm -hmm. a part of it. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna tell you Myron is responsible 100% for anybody's success. It is a section that gave them a springboard to creating their own success because anyone can teach you anything. If you don't do the work, it's pointless. I can't add anything to that. That's beautiful. And Kat, with that, um, I want to start to wrap up and I want to say just thank you for doing this. Thank you for coming on Ad Yak. 
Um, I called Myron my captain. Oh, captain, my captain. Um, I, I miss him tremendously. I know you do as well. Um, this kind of stuff that you're doing and it keeps you connected to him. And he, it's just, it's really cool what you're doing. Keep going. Thank you. Keep going. I'm, I know. I feel more free with this than I have since I started in 16 because what I was handed was extraordinary grief and let's start a, a business based on the person who died. So mm -hmm. you've seen me go through a variety yes. and I'm at a point now that I am so bloody excited to see where it's going. Well, you've put your mark on it and that's, what's cool about it. It, this is, you know, so I remember every time I would leave Myron's studio, he would always say the same thing. I say it to everybody. Be well. Well. I wish you that as well. Thank you. Thank you. Be well and stay well. All right, Ad Yakers. Hope you enjoyed it. Because we have many more great conversations planned and guests lined up ready to yak it up. Ad Yak is sponsored and produced by ASR Media. Theme song was written and performed by Dan Ross. Ad Yak is the official podcast of the AAF Greater Lehigh Valley Ad Club. Stay hungry, stay humble. Till next time. This episode of Ad Yak is rated O for, oh man, that was good. <laughs>